They should have trade. They need to trade him to Latvia right now for uh, one of the Ball brothers. <laughs> for one of them, we'll take the futures on uh, Lamelo. Yeah, there you we go. don't want Leandro. He's trash. We'll take the futures on Lamelo. Cooking with jet fuel. Electrifying. You're going to get a lot of live action. Oh, yeah. Good Sunday evening. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. Uh, I'm Warren Shore alongside, as always... Co-host Ryan Silva, good show planned for you today. We're going to talk uh, NBA Finals as Game Two is about to start, uh, so we'll reca- we'll do that right here off the top uh, in a couple of minutes. We'll recap Game One a little bit, and we'll talk about Game Two and what to look for the rest of the series. Uh, we did have a special uh, NBA Finals preview that dropped on Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud, so go check that out. Uh, we're also going to talk. Stanley Cup Final. It's been a really good uh, series so far between the Caps and Vegas. And then the MLB Draft is coming up uh, this week. We're not going to really break down the MLB Draft. We were hoping to have one of the prospects on who's supposed to uh, go top 10, but he's kind of ghosted us. Yeah. Uh, So you hate to see it. Hate to see it, especially when you're the guy trying to get in touch with him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a tough feeling. we've we've, We've been there. And uh, then we will, last segment, we'll talk a little bit about Tiger. Uh, he was in the hunt yesterday, kind of was never really in contention today as the U.S. Open is, uh, it's two, the final round's two weeks in two weeks, and then it's a week from Thursday, so uh, the second major of the season. So we'll talk about that, and then whatever else, some quick hits we feel like in the, uh, Final segment of the show. All right, so Ryan, it was we both spent a lot of time outside this uh, weekend, and it was uh, summer's here. Oh, in full effect. Uh, luckily today we had a little bit of cloud coverage, so it was and too tomorrow. bad. A little bit of a breeze, but man, yesterday was blistering. Yeah, it was pretty warm for me. I was out there starting at like eight thirty, so it didn't seem like it was that hot. As I mean, it got hotter throughout the day, yeah. but I think when you're out there early and it gets gradual, it's Right. See, I got out Doable. there. I guess I got out there like around noon or one. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, and then I was out there to about five or six with baseball. But yeah, it was, it was a hot one for sure. Like you said, we just kind of skipped over spring and went from kind of cold to just hot. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, but I felt like the spring we had a spring a little bit in like April. It was like a week and a half, a couple weeks. <laughs> so it was pretty rainy, and there were some nice, really nice seventy degree days. Yeah. But I mean, we'll see those in October. Yeah, that's <laughs> I the next mean, time. That's what, uh, five months from now? Mm-hmm. All right, I will see you guys. I'll be doing the show from a <laughs> uh, city up north uh, early on. All right, so NBA Finals Game 2 about to start. Warriors won the first game, what, 114-104? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, man, it is a tough one for the Cavs to take. We didn't really even text a lot that much about the – I was going back and looking through our messages to see if uh, – like we were texting a little bit before the game. I, you uh, – oh, I got to say one thing. First of all, check us out on Fortnite. We are the hottest team on Hoo-wee! Fortnite. Ryan texted me right at the tip-up <laughs> of game one that said, Fortnite, I laughed. I knew you were joking. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. We will hide until someone finds us. That is our strategy. <laughs> and then we'll just panic fire for about 30 seconds before you kill us. Spray and pray, <laughs> jump in, not a lot of building, but we digress. Um, so game one, I was going back, like, the, 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 the last thing that we said was, like, the block charge. Yeah. Like, we didn't even say anything about the JR play. Uh, I thought we had a little more back and forth, which is, I'm not saying that is... I just I think thought, we I think we both knew. Oh yeah, we both knew when it went right. to overtime yeah. that it was over. And we both I think you thought I was like really bad at the game, so you're like, Oh, I'm not gonna push his buttons or anything like that. No, like I said, I it's just I one know, of those you things want like, the yeah, yeah. to win. It's oh, not for like sure. But I'm say, uh, I think I texted you there's about four minutes left in overtime and I just texted you and said that's a wrap. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you did, and I responded that black charge yeah. call. That's I I'm not mad now well i shouldn't say that i will i won't as a fan that block charge call if the Cavs go on to lose a series 
will forever to me it will haunt the series. Yeah. It will over I'm not from my perspective. For other people, okay, say they get swept, whatever. But you can't tell me I don't even you could tell me the Cavs don't even win, but the chances of the Cavs winning with the ball with thirty six seconds left up two yeah. are so much greater than Durant going to the line. Uh tying it up. Oh, and how about this? No foul on Draymond when he just obliterates LeBron going to the hoop when he gets the and one and Steph gets a little touch on the wrist and it's an and one for him to go up. Like, I mean, I hate that the refs took away the game from the players. That's exactly That's the what they one did. thing you cannot do in game seven or in, in, in NBA finals. You can't. And they were letting them play, I thought, all night, except for it seemed like the Warriors were getting every touch call and the Cavs really couldn't. By a call, which is fine. Look, you're in Oracle. I know you're not going to get a call. But just that they took it away from the players and the way they reviewed it, Mike or uh, 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 Ken Maurer was on the baseline looking at LeBron in the restricted area. He was like three feet out of the restricted area. Like the way they went to it of saying, oh, his foot was in there looking to see. He wasn't even close. That's a gimme. If your ball's at that on the golf course, that's a gimme. You're on to the next hole. And, oh, we need to review that. Yeah, which well, was even crazy about that. I mean, he go, Ken Maurer goes and makes the call. He blows the whistle, goes to start pointing down court, and then checks with the other uh, referee that's you know about uh, right out the wing at the three point line to that's make sure Tony that he Brothers. has yeah to make sure he has the same call. It's like if you're blowing the whistle, you better know that you have that call. And brothers went to the hip for a block. Yeah, exactly. So, so there was you know there was obviously some confusion there, but Ken Maurer's the one that blew the whistle. Yes, I know. So if he's blowing the whistle, as I'm saying, you better have that. And then so obviously we all know what happens uh, when they go to review. They're reviewing to see if he's in the restricted area, he isn't. But then, apparently, there's a rule that they can also review if he was still moving, if he was in legal guarding position or whatever to be able to make that change. And It was so close. It was so close. And it's one of those where, you know, if you go to the NFL or even now the MLB with instant replay, you need irrefutable evidence. Yes. You have to know that it was one way or the other for sure. I don't think it, it was. I'm not 100% sure that it was a full charge. I'm not 100% sure it was a block. I'm not either. But the fact that you initially called it a charge, I think, needs to stay as Agreed. a charge. And the best, so you're probably, if you're listening to this and you are not a Cavs fan or a LeBron hater, you're thinking, oh, of course these two guys are going to have LeBron's back. But if you're on Twitter at all during one of these games, you can get a pretty good feel about a call one way or the other based on how others are reacting. You know, you have your guys that are either always bashing LeBron or, or always hyping up uh, Kevin Durant, Steph, and the Warriors. And when everyone's kind of leaning to one side, that's kind of, that's at least for me, that's how I kind of check the temperature of what a call should and shouldn't be. And the fact that people were, that everybody across the board was saying, uh, you know that should have been a charge, or, or excuse, yes, should have been should, a charge. Or should have right stayed there. the same. Should have stayed the same. Actually, yeah, Everybody absolutely. Everybody was saying, look, half the people were like, oh, it was a block. The refs got it right, but everyone said you can't overchange a call when you just went there to make sure you were right. When you were the reason you went there is to see if he was in the restricted area. Right. Stevie Wonder saw he wasn't in the restricted <laughs> area. That's the problem I had, and I never hear people complain about the refs on ESPN like. Usually after the Cavs lose, I don't turn it on. But that game, I was like, all right, let's see what we got. I'm not a big Stephen A guy, but Stephen A, Legler, all these guys were just saying, how can you overchange a call? And it was LeBron James that was taking the charge. The best player in the world didn't even get the call. And, yeah, Durant was up against him. But, okay, so we digress on the refs. I thought the Cavs played a great game. I know LeBron had 51. And that was an overtime, so I'm just like, all right, whatever. I consider, I look at the game at the end of the, I don't even look like overtime happened. Mm-hmm. Because when the play, the JR play, we could get into that if you want. I'm not even that hard on JR for that. I know people are just absolutely crucifying JR, but it won. The black charge call uh, stays the charge. That play never happens. How about George Hill? You make your foul shot. That play never happens. And Jr. he did get the offensive rebound. Now, yes, the Cavs should have immediately called timeout. Yeah. There were other falls. He should have kicked it out to LeBron. All this stuff. Jr. should have called timeout when he was just running out to the line. He's at fault, too. But I, Jr. brought the Cavs back in Game 7 of 2016 in the second half. So I cannot blame the guy for uh, whatever. Yeah, it was a boneheaded move. 
But okay, the guy's given the franchise so much. Um, okay, move on. Yeah, I mean, I know you have a different thing just as a casual fan, but for me, that's how I feel. I guess if since I'm not a, a full blown Cavs fan, it's tough for me to say or for me to agree with. Oh yeah, you know he did good. You know, in 2016, but there were a so lot of Cavs fans that are still very mad at him. And I'm not giving Jr. a free pass right. on this. I'm just saying. No, and I agree. If George Hill makes the free throw. It never they, happens. Well, but then you're still giving Golden State the ball with, what, 5.7 left or 4.7? 4. 4. 7, 7. 4. Look, 7 left. I would have rather lost on a buzzer beater yeah, okay, than that, had yeah, that's the very fair. Jr. play happen. Let, let the Warriors make a shot to beat you. Oh, see, and I, I agree there. But George Hill, man, is is really kind of in the clear because of that. So in Smith. the clear, you know, you you miss that foul shot or you make that foul shot, like you said, you're in a great position if you're making uh, the Warriors run a set play from the sideline because I think they still had one timeout left, and so um, you know they're going to advance the ball and. You're going to, like you said, 100%. I agree. You would rather them beat you than the Cavs just flat out lost that game. You know, yeah. it, and once once they went into overtime, I think probably everybody knew. Look, the Cavs just played the best 48 minutes they could, and now that it's going to go another five, I don't think that anybody was going to give them another chance. Well, and the way they lost it at the end of regulation, it wasn't like oh they hit a big three to tie it up. Mm-hmm. It was like the game was, um, the game was, uh. They blew it. They they right. kind of and, blew it. And what's even crazier is, sure, it was overtime, but LeBron still dropped 51 points, had 51, yeah. 8, and 8. That is an all-time performance in, in the finals, man, against one of the best teams that this league has ever seen in the Warriors with those three players that they have in Steph, KD, and Clay. I mean, obviously throw Draymond in there because we know what he can do. And Steve Kerr, I mean, say what you will about Obviously, the roster he's had, he's a great coach. So the fact that he can, that LeBron can time in and time out, can light up the Cavs like he has and just drop points on them over and over again and still have eight total rebounds, drop eight dimes to guys. I mean, guys were finally making shots for the most part. Kevin Love, he's, he kind of, I mean, he went nine of 20 from the field. He had only, 21. You had like what? 20, 21 and 11 or 21 something? 21 and 13, yeah, yeah. 21 and 13. But the problem was he went one of eight from three. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Smith went two of six from three, and one of them was meaningless in overtime. Uh, George Hill, you know, didn't have much. Tristan Thompson, I mean, he does well on defense, but I mean, you got to get more than two points from him in 20 minutes. I mean, and Jeff Green, another Jeff Green performance, seven points in almost 36 minutes. So LeBron really carried this entire team. They did a great job of attacking uh, Steph and attacking. You know, they, they would always get the pick and roll and get the mismatch, and then LeBron would just go right at him. I mean, they'd either attack Kevon Looney when he was on the floor or Steph if Kevon Looney wasn't on the floor. So they did a great job of that. Uh, it, it did kind of turn into hero ball there at the end, but it's like, hell, what do you expect from the guy? I mean, he's shouldering the load this sure. point. It, you might as well just give him the ball and let him take you to the promised land. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll talk about what's going on so far in Game 2 and a bunch of other stuff about the series and uh, the NHL. Stanley Cup final. That and more here on the short thing on Talk Radio 1190 right after this quick break. Everything is going to the beat. Everything is going to the beat. Everything is going to the beat. All right, Warren and Ryan here on the short thing, Talk Radio 1190, back. Couple segments left. Next segment, we'll look into the Rangers. Previous draft history, maybe that's the reason why they are not very good this year and the farm system is kind of depleted or what happened there. And then we'll talk about Tiger Woods' final segment and some other stuff. All right, continuing our NBA finals discussion here. The Warriors out uh, 15 to what? Seven, six lead, I think it yeah, is. That's what I got right here on my uh, From what I could tell on Twitter and some texts from my friends are. Uh, the Cavs gave up like six easy layups, so get that out of the way early. LeBron was arguing a couple of uh, uh, a, cu- a couple calls. He, he got hit at the rim a couple times. Didn't get those shocking, um, but okay, whatever. I will say I had a good uh, uh, I had a good feeling about Game One. I had like zero good feeling about Game Two, just because I don't think the series is technically over. I think this could go somewhat to the Boston. They'll win game three, and then they'll have to fight for game four. 
But the Cavs' defense, if it continues like this, this this game, they were pretty bad defensively in game one. But Golden State so far is 188 offensive rating, and like good is 110. Mm-hmm. So they're just exceptional. JaVale McGee was starting, so who knows? A bunch of people on Twitter are saying the TV in the studio is not working. Uh, so that's a disappointment. Hate to see that. Hate. I just got a I just got a little thing on my phone from a Bleacher Report that the uh, Warriors fan that's pretty savage gave JR, JR the real MVP. They gave him the standing uh, standing oh, yeah, ovation. That. That's fine, and that doesn't sound like JR's having a great start to the game either. A lot of people are calling for him to sit and uh, okay, that's fine. JR has not played on the road the entire playoff, so what do you expect? Um, so what do you expect from him? Like he's been playing great at home, terrible on the road. I was talking to my friends and this clay injury is fascinating to me. He's got like, I think four points early on mm-hmm. and yesterday, it doesn't sound like if the game was yesterday, he was going to play. But if you're the warriors, why don't you just rest him tonight? Take your chances of you're still a better team without clay. Yes. Your team dynamic changes, but why don't you rest him and just get him fully healthy uh, for game three on Wednesday when you'll have six full days off and say tonight, I mean, I guess he's moving fine early or whatever, but what if he hurts it worse and he's out for the rest of the series? Then you're out Igudala, who Steve Kerr said today he's expecting sometime back in this series. Didn't say when, but then you're down Igudala and Clay could be out for the rest of the series. I mean, look, if if he's able to play, he's able to play, and he's probably getting the shots and everything to make it numb and everything. But, I mean, I think there's some serious risk in playing him tonight. Now, see, I would disagree because the fact that game one was so close and maybe it was a fluke, maybe it wasn't. We got to see from the Cavs what they're doing. They're making a nice little run right now at 17-12 uh, as they've made a nice little, like I said, little run But I don't think there. Golden State's missed a shot yet. So, oh, I mean, so even – uh, let's see. Yeah, Steph's missed one. Steph's okay, missed one. a three. Um, but the fact that it was so close in game one, again, we don't know what to expect from the Cavs here in game two. There's a big difference between being up 2-0 and being tied 1-1 going back to Cleveland. So oh, agree. So, so if you can get if you can get up 2-0 and go to Cleveland where the Warriors have never had a problem winning before, then why not? And then obviously they, don't, they didn't didn't feel like there was an opportunity for re-injuring that or else I don't think they would have kept him uh, or let him play, much like they have with Iguodala. Obviously, that thing has been problematic enough to keep him out the last, what, four playoff games? He uh, miss- he's missed. He didn't play game five, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. So, so, no, this is his fifth playoff game he's missed. Okay, so the, the last five, yeah, okay, yeah, counting this one, um, the last five playoff games. So the fact that the you know training staff, which the Warriors have known to have a, a great training staff, don't think that he's going to that there is a chance for re-injury. The fact that it was a, a high ankle sprain too is crazy because it looked more like his knee that buckled when Jr. rolled up on him. But that's neither here nor there. I think them playing Clay, eh, I, I really don't think that there was any unless it was bad that he could. They just they said he was run. limping really bad at practice yeah. yesterday. That's it. I mean, I, I and he's I, getting treatment. I, think I don't you know. Let him play. Well, I would think it would be you could even say if you're the Warriors, say you win without Igudala and Clay doesn't play. That's even more demo- more demoralizing to the Cavs. Oh, uh, yeah, so that's what I've, I. Agree you could there. get the leg up there, but no pun uh, intended. Yeah, no pun intended. So they're, they're chanting MVP for Jr. at this thing because he's been terrible again tonight. All right, they're chanting FU to Jr. in Boston. So it's not like he hasn't heard worse, but so the show they have two more games before. We uh, are back here on the show. What do you think the series is at next Sunday night when we uh, reconvene? Oh man, it's probably gonna be three-one. That's what I was thinking. I, I just, I'm telling you, that game one is just something that will, will haunt Cavs fans forever. Yeah. Because look, they win game one. They, they, are, they are not winning tonight. Right. But it makes it so much easier. You lose tonight, you got to win four out of five. Now, see what I hope doesn't happen? I, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll let you finish your thought. But if the Cavs do win, it was like, oh, they could be up 2-0 going back to Cleveland. That, well, I know. I don't want to. Because I was going to say that, too, because each game is totally different. They win game one. They aren't winning two in a row in Golden yeah, State. Yeah, definitely not. Probably not. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't like that thinking either. I wasn't going to go there. Uh, I know people were going to go there. Right, yeah. No, yeah, I wasn't saying. I just mean the, the no, basketball masses. I hate, or, I hate when people do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that either. 
But oh, congrats to Jr. He made a three. All hey. Right. So uh, yes, let's get the Henny. <laughs> let's get the Henny flowing. Anything is possible. All right. So we both think Warriors will be up three one uh, going into uh, when we come back to the show on Sunday night. But who knows? Things are crazy, and the Cavs are very good at home, and the Warriors uh, are. I don't know. Not one other thing I will say about last game one we didn't touch on is the Golden State third quarter. Ah, uh, yes, they we, six points. Yeah, we we, t- we when it got to seven <laughs> points, I was like, t- I was borderline ready to turn the TV off. All right, it was a good, it was a good game. Let's reconvene Sunday night. All right, we're good. Th- we're uh, we're good there. Right, but I, I texted you. I was like, hey man, not bad. And you you uh, you texted me back and said. Hey, I will take it. I said absolutely. So we 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 touched on that last week. If if you were listening, the Cavs' second quarter is usually their biggest quarter of the game, and obviously everyone knows about the 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 you know tried and true third quarter of Golden State. That's where they just come out guns blazing, run and shoot, and just start blowing guys out. But the Cavs were able to keep it close every time. It looked like the Warriors were going to make a little run. The Cavs came back and made a little run to keep it close, and that's kind of what ha- I think helped boil down to what we ended up getting into the uh, fourth quarter, and obviously. Obviously, that's when all madness broke loose. But again, let's see. It's 21-17 right now. we got about four and a half minutes left. So if the Cavs can keep it close here in the first quarter, make their little run in the second quarter, and then like like if they can just play that solid defense in the third quarter today, who knows what can happen. But but last game was really, really good job by the Cavs by limiting uh, the damage there. Well, and they're down four right now. And the Warriors shot 83% in the uh, in the first quarter. First quarter already over? No, uh, they're down four right now with four minutes, 4.30 to go in the first quarter. So Thanks for tuning in. Just said that. Oh, sorry. Oh, there was a phone call. <laughs> yeah, no. We I had know. a call. I know. Uh, I just turned down an IndyCar driver. What? Ryan Hunter Ray. The racing show before us, I guess they're supposed to have Ryan Hunter Ray on. Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, we have uh, Ryan Hunter Ray here. He was an IndyCar driver. I would have taken him. You should have got him. <laughs> yeah, what? but I, how am I going to? I watched some IndyCar, but like. I don't know what they were talking about. Did you see that pace car crash today? No, I heard saw it on Twitter. I did not see it. I haven't seen video. I saw some people tweeting we about it. Could ask him about that. Okay, was it in the Indy he race? He won or today. Ryan Hunter. He won. He won the race today. <laughs> see, that's why. If, look, I I would have uh, taken him. I almost thought of saying, "Oh, sure, we'll have him on and do some quick research on Indy and get him on a win." But oh, you man. Should, I should never turn down guests. Never. But, uh, <laughs> he won the De- the De- Detroit, Detroit Grand Prix. Yeah, he won that was today. That, was that Indy car? Was that pace car crash in Indy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is bad producing by me on the fly. Oh wow. Uh but I, yeah, I just passed that up. I was like, oh, wow, we got lucky. I thought I thought we were going to have, like, a, a listener calling in or, like, all right, we're going to get some final stock here. No, just an IndyCar race winner day of. Yeah, and- I think he won the Indy 500, too, uh, previously. No, he didn't win it this year. Right. But I think he's won it in the past. Fresh off a win today, calling oh. in. He's from Dallas. He's a Dallas kid. He is? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get him on uh, another time. Wow. And uh <laughs> I was just so shook. Yeah. I was just like, uh no. <laughs> uh I did say I'm like, we're a sports show though. We can have a mod he was like, Well, we kinda did it with the racing show. And I was like, Okay. Oh man. Uh but yeah. So uh I guess we're just I we're we're a golf show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Bryson DeChambeau calls in, I would have been able to call get he won today. He's from SMU. Uh I would have had him on for sure. But uh yeah, I get I don't know. Uh yeah, that was weird. <laughs> we had you on for a hit at eight twenty. Uh yeah, no, we're uh the short thing, bud. Man. And you said thanks but no thanks. I said I just said <laughs> Well, he says, are you the racing show? I'm like, no, we're a sports show. And he's like, oh, so you're not Pete? And I'm like, no, I'm Warren, but. And he was like, oh, okay, well, we'll we we got another hit coming up. So it was, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I was a little <laughs> behind the curtains. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little shook, to be honest, about this one. The short thing difference right here. That is the short thing difference. Who knows? Maybe we'll, uh, we could catch him. Oh, the IndyCar race is in Texas next week. Boom. Perfect. So let's talk to Pete, see if he can we'll, get him. We'll, we'll see if we can get him on. Maybe we'll, yeah, maybe maybe we'll try and figure something out for next week. Get our, 
our lost uh, <laughs> the one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> a great white the buffalo, one, huh? The great white, the buffalo. great white buffalo. We'll see to get that. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll talk Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> we seem to haven't talked that yet, and who knows? Maybe we'll won't talk rain. Whatever. We'll just let's try to get the show back on the fly rails. by the seat of our pants. <laughs> coming up after the break here on the short thing on Talk Radio eleven ninety. Short Thing, Talk Radio 1190, Warren and Ryan here. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Short Thing, and also subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can go check all of our latest, or our, all of our shows and all of our interviews and whatnot on the Sound, SoundCloud and iTunes page. Well, we took a quick, we called the T.O., Ty Lu. That was our third quarter, Warriors ambush. We just uh, survived, I guess you could say. And uh, we're back here. And uh, Stanley Cup Final. I don't know how much hockey you've been watching, Ryan. I watched, much- I watched the second, third period last night. Okay, yeah. I uh, so did I. I watched the first. I caught. The, I called the quits after uh, the third goal for the Caps. Yeah, I think I did that. I, I was like, all right, it's time to go to bed. Long day, early morning. Caps up two one. So I wanted the Vegas intro. The start is nuts. We'll start there. I mean, the thing is electric. I mean, it, everyone's kind of been, you know, it's been said that, uh, you know, everything in Vegas is a show. So why wouldn't this be? And it's 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 great. I like it because we've never seen anything like it in hockey. Hockey is obviously very traditional. They like their uh, much like baseball, where you know you kind of just you stay right right down the middle, right between your lines, and everything stays the same. But Vegas came in and blew the doors off. That was like, no, look, this is Vegas. Vegas does everything bigger. We everything else is performance outside of the rink. So why not we bring Vegas inside here? And I think it's absolutely electric. Yeah, I love it. Uh I love that TV shows it. Oh yeah, it's they, they show like, the whole thing. Right. Some, I'm I'm like, what time is uh, uh, puck drop? And sometimes it's like they pulled out Imagine Dragons and whatever and different on Imagine Dragons, but they're from Vegas. Just a nice little concert in there beforehand. I'm like, this is a 20 minute spectacle. Which it's cool because it's almost like that's now part of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like let me get let me tune in to make sure I'm seeing this intro before the game starts, which I think totally adds adds a different thing to it. But yeah, that's that's uh that's cool. The games have pretty much all gone down to the last five minutes of the third period too, which has been good. They mm-hmm. haven't been really any blowouts. They've been nice competitive games. Vegas won game one, then the Caps steal game two uh, on the road and then win last night. And I saw people on Twitter saying like, "Oh, why are the Capitals fans going nuts?" I don't think people realize. For fans of like in star cities that have been terrible, Washington in the last what twenty years, uh, they, yeah. the Caps in nineteen ninety eight last mm-hmm. made the yep. Cup. That's the last time they've ever got to the conference finals, let alone the final. You're gonna tell fans not to celebrate a home win? Like I think that's absolutely ludicrous. I remember when the Cavs won a uh, game, their first finals game. Places going nuts at home. Like how can you tell? The fans, like, what to do and, like, what not to Like, I think that's ridiculous. You're going to criticize a team going up 2-1? That's insane. Especially not only have they been starved for the last 20 years, but the way they've gone down in the last 10 years, you know, it, yeah. it, it, they always get right to the brink and either get knocked out by Pittsburgh or something happens to Heart, where— Soul-crushing loss. Yeah, exactly. And so that adds to it, you know. So that kind of adds to the, the angst and the anxiety that this— uh, organizations fan base has had so the fact that you f- get a home game home stanley playoff game stanley cup game shoot um in the first place and then you go out and win the first one in 20 years hell yeah man go out flood the streets climb light poles you know yeah. do whatever you got to do even if you end up not even winning the series hey man you'll still be like you know what the feeling when we won the cup game and went up 2-1 at home it's great um oh that's He's playing great. Yeah. He had a nice goal last night after like six shots at Flurry. Finally one got in. Uh I mean this I think the series is going seven. Just I think the teams are too evenly matched. 
I agree. They they've been going back and forth. Um, like I said, I picked it up in the second period yesterday. Um, I picked it up right before Washington went up two zero, and um, so I watched from there on out. But man, I'll tell you what. Even though they were down two nothing, Fleury made a couple really good saves, a couple really great glove saves where the Caps really could have blown it open in that second period. But uh, his acrobatics of going from one post to the other and just putting that big old trapper out there and stopping a couple pucks, man. Credit to him. Sure, he let three get by him. One of them was just an absolute snipe by uh, Kuznetsov, where he was skating down. They had they had yes. a three they had a three on one break, and Kuznetsov gets it. He skates right, shoots left, and buries it right right between his arm and his uh, and his blocker, his right blocker. So it, you know nothing you can do there. But uh, again, still credit to Flurry. He's kind of had a had a career resurgence. But agreed, they're so evenly matched. I hope this goes seven just for the pure electricity. So do I. Uh- Game four is tomorrow night, correct? Correct. Okay, that's good. Um, but man, uh, it's been great. I look. F- I'm so. I've been in on the playoffs, hockey. I'm. Ex- I'm excited for these games. Uh, Quick little uh, funny story of watching sports with chicks. <laughs> As you know, my fiance. She's a. I'm saying this to Warren. My fiance is a dental hygienist, so that's her job day in day out. She's cleaning people's teeth, sees gross teeth. It blew her mind how many hockey players were not didn't have their full set of teeth i was okay. like <laughs> she was like oh, oh that guy's missing a tooth oh that guy's missing a bunch of teeth oh that guy's missing a tooth she's like why are all these guys missing teeth i'm like dude they show take- her brett burns what show her brett burns from san jose <laughs> yeah. dude's got no like top three i was like dude they take pucks off the face like it's nothing she's like well, why don't they wear mouth guards I'm like well some of them do some of them don't but mouth guards it's hard to breathe when you're out there skate for 45 seconds to a minute at a time just dead sprint i was like and that's just kind of part of hockey is is missing teeth it, it, it was just funny how I, baffled she was that guys were just didn't have full grills in i head. also mentioned that to one of my friends who played hockey and i was like why do not more players not wear like mouth guards and he was like some people it's just like you said, breathing or whatever, but some of them do. Like I know Sagan and Ben wear them. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's just. Well, I mean, a those pref- guys got an off 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 rink brand to protect. So you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But so does Ovechkin, I guess. But maybe if he's rushing, he's missing a little a little tooth up top. It's it fits the fits the bill there. I just I was also uh, very surprised too that more players were not wearing uh, some wearing mouth guards. Right. Uh, I I will. Now I knew hockey players miss teeth all the time, right? But I will agree with uh, Jamie. Surprised <laughs> how many players are not wearing mouth guards, and now you're forced to wear a visor, right? So unless unless you're in the league before they made the rule, yes. Yeah, so yeah. that's like why Ryan Reeves doesn't wear a visor, mm-hmm. and to me, he wouldn't look right if he has a visor. Yeah, but even in the visor, what is that's not even a. That uh, gotta stop a puck that comes under. Right. Yeah, like we've that. seen that a couple times where pucks get stuck up underneath there. Guys sticks. They get stuck. They get wedged between. Uh, there's a small opening right where the helmet comes together and the uh, the visor. But anyway, I digress there. Sorry to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there. according to Twitter, the Cavs got hosed by another call. There's like six tweets of saying this is an absolutely horrendous call. So I guess I won't go to the live stream of the game uh, on the laptop. As uh, nice to see things have changed with the NBA. Uh, so far from game one. Is it, is it the same uh, referee no. crew? No, 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 no. no, no. Mike Callahan's it. doing the game, who I like. and a, No, those games... Uh, oh, so they said the ball was out of bounds and they gave it to uh, the Warriors when it should have been Cavs ball. But the Cavs hanging tough. Down four. Should be uh, at the end of... Just about the end of one. End of one. And Jordan Clarkson played good defense but terrible shooting. That's another thing, I think. Uh He's trying. He's got the tunnel vision. He's pressing. He he's not even pressing. He just wants to make so many plays. Just stay in your stay in your lane. But uh, he's playing some solid defense. Uh, all right. So the MLB draft is coming up on tomorrow. Actually, is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, the fourth and the fifth. Usually it's like a Thursday. Yeah, but they're doing it uh, tomorrow. And uh, whoops, phone goes down here. Uh, and uh, so the Rangers taking a look back at their drafts. And we've talked about the depleted farm system. The drafting has not been great lately. Or it's been fine, but they've traded away a bunch of prospects. Mm -hmm. So 2013, I think, is when I'm just starting taking a look at that. Uh, Because we're, what, five years on that? And that's when those guys should should be contributing. You should see at least your couple of round picks. 
be contributing to the thing. 2013, their number one pick was Chichi Gonzalez. He's pitched in the majors 17 games. Not a great ERA, but he's on the 60-day DL, so he's hurt right now. The only other guy in the major leagues that's on the Rangers team right now is Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and he only made his debut this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's fine. You're getting something out of him. But, I mean, going back to 2013, and he was a fifth-round pick. So after that, you haven't really had anything. Uh, You didn't get anything from that draft, so that wasn't really a great draft. You've got absolutely nothing from the 2014 draft. Nobody in the Rangers system has made the majors. And their first-round pick, Luis Ortiz, was traded last year to the Brewers in the Jonathan LaCroix, two years ago with for Jonathan LaCroix and Jeremy Jeffers. Yeah, that's kind of been the issue is we've touched on this before is the Rangers have been in it the last, you know, what would you say? I guess I would say ten, five years. Well, no, I mean, going well, back 2000, to they had that one bad year. Right. But going, I guess to going back to Oh nine, 2010 ish. So they've, you know, they've been in the thick of things, I guess. Well, let's call it eight years back to 2010. They've been in it right up into the end. So what do you do? You're going to start buying. And in order to bring over big-time trade assets, you know, whether they're rentals or guys that you're going to keep beyond that, you got to dish out big-time prospects. And that's kind of been the problem lately. You know, the one of the ones that sticks out early is is uh, the Cliff Lee trade. They traded away Justin Smoke, who was supposed to be the guy. And, uh, and he, Nick Williams, who's coming in. He was in the Cole Hamels trade to Philly. Cole Hamels trade to, to Philly, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, and then uh, they kind of sat on Mike Olt a little too long and ended up not really getting too much for him. So they've they've it's just kind of they've had they've had a mixture of both problems where they're either getting rid of guys or they've sat on guys for too long that just really don't amount to anything. So when they do trade them away, it's like you're getting you know pennies on the dollar for what you could have maybe a season or season and a half earlier. And I'll also say this: the one, the two with no pitching is when they traded away Hendricks. For one of the deals with the Cubs, yeah. I think it was Dempster. One of the Dempster or Garza, they traded him away. And look, Kyle Hendricks is a nice three or four start. What is he? A three guy? Uh, yeah, probably three yeah. or four. Yeah, but guess what? He would be great for a three or four guy in the Rangers rotation. He'd probably be there too, behind yeah, behind Bartolo. So I mean, those are the guys of pitching you're really missing. And then it it, it you got fleeced by the Yankees when you traded uh, Dylan Tate. You're twenty. 15 first-round pick for a rental on Carlos Beltran. Yeah. Like, you that was the number four pick. That was the year when you were terrible. You got you're a, got top five pick. You're like, all right, we got a guy here. We got a pitcher, college pitcher. And you trade him away a season later, three months later. Yeah. I mean, that is tough. And nobody from that draft has came in in the 2015 draft. So they haven't got any production from the 2015 or 2014 draft, they're just starved for stuff right now. Their number one pick in 2016, Cole Raggins, has got Tommy John surgery, so he's out. Um, I mean, it's been tough sledding. Yeah, for, I mean, la- la- drafting last year in the 2017 drafts, uh, their first three picks were all out of high school. So we're still probably five or six years before seeing any. I mean, maybe four or five years from seeing any of those guys. Three to four years, but still. So you're not going to get any immediate relief from you know. A lot of times you can bring in these these college kids that have. You know, played two or three years in college, get them a year or two in in uh, the minors, and they can jump up and be ready to go, be their middle relievers or middle lineup type guys, or at least some bench role players. But even even so, you know, they're they're not getting any early or any quick relief from any of their guys right now. Yeah, and look, they've gotten some nice guys from who they signed from the Dominican. They're very good at signing players from uh, Latin America. And the Caribbean, like Ronald Guzman, Yolanda Mendez, like these guys are guys that look have been playing well. I mean, but you gotta. There's only so much you can spend on those guys, right? So you gotta draft. Uh, you gotta draft these guys, and they've been awful at it. And before that, they were really good. They they hit on the trade with the Teixeira that pretty much led them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, not really good drafting. Yeah, I mean. It- like I said, there there's many factors of why the Rangers are in the position they are right now, and unfortunately, where baseball is, we really do build through the draft. If you are going to be some of these, especially nowadays, I mean, we see guys like uh, Acuna over in the Braves, or, or I mean, shoot, even take Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, all those guys are drafted. Strasburg, look at the Strasburg, yeah. 
I Look, mean, the Indians drafts of Lindor and uh, all their bullpen guys, and even the Yankees, they draft. I mean, they, some of theirs was a trade. Yeah. But, like, they got Judge in the draft, and uh, Torres was in a trade. But still, you build from trades and that, and when you're not trading away, guys, you're, you're in the— well, I mean, you, the Yankees were in the same position probably right around the same time that the um, Rangers were making their ascension, where we yeah. were trading away— our big time prospects for short term rentals, and then our entire uh, uh, minor league system was depleted. So, you know, as a Yankee fan, I've been through it. Obviously, it hasn't been to the uh, to the yeah, extent but the that the Yankees Rangers have are a in. different thing because they could go out and they sign. Go, anybody. No, no doubt, no doubt. They could go saying. out and sign anybody they want. Like with the when they got Torres, Aurelis Chapman knew he was going back there because mm-hmm. the Yankees was going to give him whatever he wanted. So, it's a different no, it, type it's, of it's thing, totally different. But but it was to an extent. No, we still I, yes, saw agreed, how the, the entire minor league system was just depleted, and even your top guys that enter your minor league system really aren't anything. I mean, look yes. at Willie Calhoun, who was you know the, the prize possession. Yeah, he was the big trade piece in that Darvish deal, and, it's and like, he could still be. Uh, he could still turn out to be a nice hitter. But with all these outfielders going on the DL, you sh- you should have been hoping that Calhoun was getting some at bats here, mm-hmm. and he was never even getting called up. Yeah. Um. Uh, so the Rangers have the 15th pick tomorrow, right in the middle of the draft. Probably take a pitcher, I would assume. High school pitcher or something like that. So uh, we'll see what happens. And what's the uh, guy we were trying to get on the show? Nolan Gorman, third baseman from the Sandra Day O'Connor High School okay. out of Glendale, Arizona. State champs this year for the first time in the short 15-year history of the high school. All right, so he's projected to go eighth. Yeah. To the Braves, yeah, right behind, um, right behind Matthew uh, Libertor, who is a pitcher for Mountain Ridge High School, who's actually Sandra Day O'Connor is one of their biggest rivals, and who they beat in the state championship this year. All right, yeah, a little fun fact there for you <laughs> yeah, for some uh, for some Phoenix area high school baseball. <laughs> yes, yeah, Phoenix. I mean, we're just that's a ratings hit. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, so who knows? Maybe we'll get him on the show next week. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some Tiger Woods and uh, maybe a little soccer World Cup, I guess. I don't know. We'll uh, just go by. What time does the U.S. play? Oh, we'll check. We'll get back to you after this. <laughs> All right, that and more on the short thing on Talk Radio 1190. <laughs> Back here on the short thing, cast down 10. Seems like Jordan Clarkson, as we mentioned, really lighting it up uh, on the court. So uh, good to see as people are calling for him to never play again in a Cavs uniform. So things must be going swimmingly for Jordan Clarkson. Uh, and all right. I mean, they've been down. They'll probably claw their way back when Jordan Clarkson's off the floor. But. He's one t- of three from the field. I don't know how bad he can oh, be Oh, he doing. must be bad on defense. Yeah. Or he's just not passing. He's turning. He's got a couple turnovers, I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But Clay Thompson, let's go take a look at this. The guy, I am calling baloney on the injury. No way a dude on a high ankle sprain is 10 points. It is 2 of 5 from 3 and 4 of 7 from, from the field. This must be another media creation by the Golden State Warriors. Say, oh, look how good we are. Yeah, like I told you, I didn't, I didn't think it was as serious as I they know. Were. Well, I was buying in. Yeah. I'm, I'm grasping for every straw. I stay woke. Oh, yeah. I know, <laughs> but when you're a fan, sometimes you can't stay woke. You just got to hope. Uh, all right. So Tiger played at the Memorial this week, a place that he's won five times uh, in Columbus. It's Jack's tournament. And uh, he made a charge yesterday. He was five under through his first nine holes. He ended up getting tied for the lead. After his 13th hole at 11 under, and then he made two bogeys coming in to finish at 9 under. Then today that he uh, um, started off with a birdie, he was 2 under, he was 3 back, and the putter was letting him down big time. I don't think, I don't, Ryan, I don't know if you saw a lot of golf. I know you're at the field this week, but Tiger from tee to green was great. But, man. 
He missed a short. He missed like two short putts yesterday for birdie and on one for par on 18 that just derailed the whole round. And today, his putter, I mean, continued to just be an absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean, I know in the uh, post, I guess you can call it post-game conference, I don't know, post then the post round, yeah. uh, he said he hasn't hit this ball, the ball this well in in years. So obviously, like you said, T to Green, he's feeling really good. And I don't know, you know, as a guy that just never is really good at putting, if it's more of a feel thing. Well, for I think him. yours is your putter. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> that mallet I'm carrying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if he just can't get a good feel for what he's trying to do once he does reach the green, um, I did see he had a couple shots. Uh, he had a nice little chip in. Uh, let's see today. I think it was like the 12th, 12th, 12th hole. Um, and then he birdied that putt or maybe it was the ninth hole, ninth hole. He chipped up, uh, had a nice little birdie putt, but he just really couldn't put it together today. I think he ended up shooting even 72, uh, to finish up his round. And like you said, he was never, he was never really in contention. After he made a nice little run yesterday, I got the little ESPN update that said, uh, he was in tied for sixth or something. Tied. He was fleeting. At one point yesterday. But when he finished up, I think he was tied for six. Or when, yeah. the, when the when the round finished for Saturday, he was tied for six. So he was right there. And then today, like you said, just never really had it uh, anywhere close. Yeah. So uh, here's the stats to back up what he was saying about how he hit the ball better. Strokes gain is pretty much a stat where what you are against the field. His approach to the green, he gained 11 shots on the field. Wow. Around, uh, approach to the green. Number one in the field. From tee to green, so all your iron play, taking out, uh, it's fairways hit, greens hit, number one, gained 14 shots. The putter, strokes gained putting. The biggest stat on tour. Putting is where what separates these tour pros from the average golfer, even the little, even the lesser tour pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus 7.6. So he lost seven shots of the field wow. putting, 111th. And around the green, so a short game, he was third. So one one three. I mean, he was fortieth and forty uh, ninth in driving accuracy, seventy one percent, which is always a problem for him. It was the putter and the U.S. Open coming up in two weeks. He's not playing next week mm-hmm. at St. Jude, but man, the U.S. Open is where the putting is key. The greens are the fastest on tour uh, on any event they play all year, and uh, boy, it is. Uh, if he doesn't get the putter out, it's. I think it's going to be a tough. If he's in the ball like this, he's going to just blow another chance to win. I mean, he's so close to putting it all together to winning. Yeah, some some weeks he he can't find the fairway, and he's putting it real well, and that's how he saves. That's how it was early on. He right, was that's making what I mean. Every putt and couldn't and hit so it to it's save just, his life. Like you said, once he puts it all together, then he'll really be in contention there. But uh, I, you know, I don't know what's what happened between then and now to where he's lost his putter. And is you know just just hitting them straight uh, straight down the middle. I don't know, but also quick shout out when we wrap up our golf here, uh, Paul McConnell. You remember we had him on the show last year. How could I forget? Uh, he had he's on the playing on the Canadian tour again this year. Doesn't have full status like he did last year. Only guaranteed the first four starts of the season. First event was this year uh, was this week top fifteen. Nice. So uh, made the cut on the number. Then shot eight under on the weekend, a little five under yesterday, a little three under today. So nice top 15. Typical round for me. <laughs> yes, nice typical round. Bogey free today. Three birdies, no uh, no bogey. So uh, Love to see that. Yes, love to see it. So good stuff from Paul uh, as he's got to play well these first four starts. And then they reshuffle. Um, all right. So last week we talked about what we were looking forward to. This week you said it was the Women's College World Series softball. That's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Some really good games. Oh, I talked about the golf. Oklahoma State won at their home course. We had a little beef between Oklahoma, Twitter beef between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State was hosting. They won the national championship. The first time a number one seed in match play has won it. Uh, Oregon won at their home course two years ago. So Oklahoma... When they were uh, their Oklahoma's best player tweets out, uh, "I wonder when we could get a national championship at OU Golf Club." Little salt. Right. Oklahoma lost in the semi or in the uh, quarterfinals to Auburn. One of these threes on uh, one of the players, a freshman nonetheless, on Oklahoma State tweets at him, "Hey Brad, I love and respect your game, but you got why did your scores at?" Why, can you explain your scores at regionals 
if you guys hosted, what was what, what was the problem there? They hosted regionals and they got second. They didn't win. So a little shade going back between the I like rivals. It. I like it. I like it. And the Oklahoma State fans, I love they you what, they were loving it. I love that he sets them up. Love and respect your game. I mean, the dude's but... really good. He he got uh, he played in the Masters last year as an amateur. So he won a uh, – I can't remember what amateur event he won or got second in. Or two years ago he played in the Masters. He got second runner-up in the U.S. Amateur. So, I mean, the, guy, the kid's a stud. Yeah. But I love – yeah, I do love how he goes – Love and respect your game, but, that's but. A, yeah, I mean he's got to say that. Oh, for sure. But uh, pretty funny stuff uh, from there. So yeah, College World Series, and we've had some great stuff in the baseball regionals oh, too. Man, awesome! Couple walk off bombs. Uh, Cal State Fullerton had one yesterday. Mississippi State, Mississippi State, State had one. Yeah, I forgot to shout, <laughs> shout you out on that yesterday. I uh, meant to text you. Um, Texas put a nice old hometown whooping on A and M yesterday. Love to see that. A and M got canned today. Oh, did they? Did they yeah, lose they their lost. first one? Yep. I had a kid on my team that was talking trash because he's a big A and M fan. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, we're gonna win today, and then we'll come beat Texas uh, uh, today, and then tomorrow." I was like, "All right, man, whatever you say." So that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I love the call. The re- I like the regionals almost more than I like the actual World Series because you see guys like like Army went out there and upset. Um, who did yeah. they? They upset. I think it was it Mississippi State that they upset. No, Mississippi State. Lost to Oklahoma, but okay. Samford upset Sanf- Florida State. Yeah, Samford upset Florida State, but I think they ended up losing their next two after that. That but, was the you Mississippi know. State one. Okay. Oh, that was the walk off. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, so yeah, like I said, I just love it. The you know guys that you you know you really don't uh, unless you're a true blue like love college baseball, you're not following any of this until the very end. And like I said, the regional is just great because anything can happen. The best team doesn't always win. Well, yeah, and two number one seeds have already been knocked out. Florida State. And Coastal Carolina, and there's like one seeds that have losses that might not make it to the super regionals. Like yeah. NC State's got a loss. I mean, there's a lot of teams, one seeds that might not uh, get out. Eastern Carolina and some four seeds were pulling off some upsets and stuff like that. And yeah, it's great. There's much more chaos. The super regionals are fine too, just a three game series. You right. can get some heroics there, but it's just a normal weekend series. Yeah. This is super regional. It's almost like you're playing. An elimination game every time because sure. you just you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, this is. I mean, you team could lose your first game and then you win out, and the team could lo- you got to beat a team two in a row. Yeah, and that will happen sometimes. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty good stuff. And the women, uh, the softball. I mean, they're just hitting bombs. Everyone hits right. tanks in softball. It's not fair. Like one through nine just can just go yabo anytime they want to. It's it's unreal. We saw a couple walk offs already. Florida State had a walk off. I, we were watching U, UCLA Florida State earlier. I'm not sure what what ended up happening there. But, I think uh, there's uh, Florida State. I just saw it. Hold on, they were up. I think twelve five. Yeah, they're oh. up twelve five on UCLA. So that's a wrap. Uh, yeah, that's well, tough. you say that, and you just have a couple girls come up and hit a couple grand slams. Like it's nothing. Last <laughs> yeah, inning, I know. And, like it's boom. nothing. Yep. Uh, but Oklahoma lost. They were the the defending champs, I think, uh, to Washington. All right. So quick, ten seconds. What are you looking forward to? Uh, this week. I'm more college baseball, All baby. Right. Bring it. I like the ping of the bat. Yep. Uh, I'm the same thing with you there. Uh, I mean, it's pretty shallow on the sports schedule. Sports schedule other a than a couple of wins from the Cavs. Maybe that. Yes, and a couple of wins from the Cavs. And how about some officiating that goes the Cavs way? Come on. Can we just get a call once? All right. That wraps up the show of The Short Thing. Talk to you guys next week. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Twitter at The Short Thing. For Ryan, I'm Warren. Talk to you guys next week.